this morning, Grace Winded, I want to talk about what's in a river or who's in the river. And so the song that Rach chose was just so relevant and so glad we got to sing it again. Thanks, Precious. So Jesus is the river of life. And I'd like to open with a quote from one of my favorite books, not in the book club yet, Tracy, The Wind in the Willows. Here we go. So, this is a river, the river, corrected the rat. And you really live by the river? What a jolly life! By it, and with it, and on it, and in it, said the rat. It's brother and sister to me, and aunts, and company, and food and drink, and naturally, washing. It's my world, and I don't want any other. What it hasn't got isn't worth having, and what it doesn't know isn't worth knowing. Lord, the times we've had together, the river, we need to live by it, and with it, and on it, and in it, and the river of God brings life with God. God followers of Jesus are river people. So in Genesis, the Bible opens with the rivers of the Garden of Eden. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good, and aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. That's from Genesis 2, verses 10 to 14. And then the Bible closes with John's description of the river of life in the book of Revelation. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees of the beginning of the nations. Revelation 22, 1 and 2. So rivers flow from Eden to paradise, from a garden to a city. The Bible is full of stories of rivers. So what's the spiritual significance? The people of Israel entered the Promised Land, crossing the River Jordan, where they became his chosen people, a nation under God. Jesus began his ministry by being baptized in that same river. The river here signifies new life, and we receive this new life 
and become a new creation, a child of God, when we enter the waters of baptism and die to sin and repent. In Ezekiel's marvelous vision, we see a river flowing from beside the altar of God, flowing out from the temple to transform the desert, bringing life to land and sea. And I'm going to read that scripture. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. The temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. Sorry, I'm just not sure. Carry on. The water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and that through the water was knee deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, the water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engelim, and there will be places for spreading of nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruits fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Ezekiel chapter 47 and verses 1 to 12. This is a beautiful picture and among other interpretations of a river as the Holy Spirit working in the lives of those who surrender to God's mercy and grace. At first, God's grace is a trickle flowing through our lives as we surrender to him, ankle deep, but it continues to increase and grow as we fall more in love with Jesus and go deeper into his word and into intimacy with him. It takes us deeper and deeper 
until his river of life in us overflows into everything we touch. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom, power, and spiritual transformation that will last forever. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. The Puritan John Owen suggests the river represents the mission of the church, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The river of God is his outpouring of grace and goodness as his kingdom advances through the gospel by his spirit. God's river is God's lifelong work to sing over us in love and to bring life. When Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at a well and asks her for a drink, she engages him in conversation and he astonishes her when he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. John 4.10. When she expresses her confusion, Jesus tells her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus knew this woman had been thirsty all her life. She had tried to satisfy her thirst with repeated relationships with men. But there was only one man who could satisfy the deep longing of her soul. And that man was Jesus. This river of living water is given by Jesus to all who ask. He says this living water will become a spring of water welling up in each one of us. It's in us, and we no longer need to go searching. It simply wells up from inside of us. We need never be thirsty again. It's there for the taking. How easy do you find it to access this living water that's in you? Jesus made a similar statement sometime later when he went up to Jerusalem to celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. On each of the seven days of the feast, a priest would draw water from the pool of Siloam in a golden flagon and bring it in a procession to the temple, surrounded by joyful crowds and sounds of trumpets. At the temple, the water was poured into a bowl that fed through a tube to the base of the altar. This symbolic act was both a thanksgiving to God for the provision of water and a petition for rain for the following year. Here's the really interesting part. 
Some rabbis and the Jerusalem Talmud understood this act to be prophetic. It looked forward to the anticipated messianic age and God pouring out his Holy Spirit. On the last and greatest day of the festival, as the water appeared at the base of the altar, Jesus stood up and announced, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those in whom who believed in him were later to receive. John chapter 7, 37 to 39. Not only do we receive this living water in us, but it also flows out of us. The message version says, rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me in this way. John 4, 38. What is your heart full to the brim with and spilling out? Is it the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Does this pour out of you and overflow to others? So they too are saturated? Are they drawn to you because they are thirsty for some love, acceptance, comfort, support, care, wisdom, encouragement, blessing, which you pour out? Have you done the hard things of God we spoke about by going to someone outside of your comfort bubble? And have you poured out your living water onto them and refreshed and strengthened them? The devil wants to block the flow of living water in our lives so that we dry up and live in a parched and desert land. When we feel like that, we simply need to ask. Jesus says, ask. And he will give us his dreams of living water. I find this such a comfort. It is interesting that Jesus, after 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, being tempted by the devil, was hungry, but not thirsty. Why was that? It was because he was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit carrying the refreshing and sustaining river of God in him. He was full to the brim with living water. I hope this has stirred your interest to explore the rivers in the Bible and see what meaning they may hold for you on your spiritual journey. And to dive in, not stand on the bank, Immerse yourself in the river of life. Can I pray for you before you go into your breakout rooms and share what the Lord has been saying to you? Heavenly Father, 
Thank you that your river of life flows in us and through us. Help us to say like Ratty in the wind and the willows, that your river of living water is enough for us, that you are our world and we don't want any other. When we are dry and thirsty, lead us gently back to your living water so we can drink deep and draw close to you. Help us too to take this living water and pour it out in the service of others just as you poured out your life in your son Jesus, who came that we may have life and life in abundance. May we not be afraid and stand on the bank while others dive in, but can we hold hands tight with you and will you lead us into the deeper things you have for us, so we may know you more. Amen. So we're going to take you off the live stream shortly and put you into your breakout rooms. And here are the questions that you're going to be discussing. So question number one, what stood out most for you? And what interesting fact did you learn that you didn't know before? Question two, what are your thoughts about the river in Ezekiel 47, sorry, 37? Maybe have your Bible handy as you discuss it. And how does this relate to your spiritual journey? Are you ankle, knee, waist, diving in? Where are you? on your journey in that river? And can you pray for each other in your group to go deeper? And the last question, question three, where would you like to take your living water? And who would you like to pour it out on? Ask the people in your group to pray for boldness and divine opportunities to do this. Thanks everyone. So you're going to come off your live stream now and hopefully the technology will not let us down and you'll be in Zoom in a minute, ready for breakout rooms. Oh.